0: We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired.
1: Stephanie and I had such an amazing experience last week. We went to Healing Elements Yoga and Massage Studio in St. Anthony Park, which is really on the cusp of um, St. Paul in Minneapolis. And we went there and we took just a wonderful yoga class. We each had our, you know, own massages. I had like an integrated massage, which I've never had before. And the therapist was so wonderful. What, what did you have? I had a
0: deep tissue and I had so much inflammation going on in my body. It was wonderful. Wonderful. Probably one of the best massages I've had. Um, it's such a welcoming community, too, Marnie. Like, we sat before our massage and yoga class, and we had tea. They have, like, a little,
1: you know, tea coffee shop area and retail space. Which had the cutest little things. Like, I could just spend time kind of browsing around in there. Yes. And um, it was just, it's such an authentic place. Like, you really could feel that welcoming community. And um, it's just inclusiveness. And
0: connectedness really
1: and they have so many different services they offer they have all different kinds of yoga classes meditation classes massage therapy they're doing workshops and special events and
0: you can actually sign up to be a have like a massage membership so if you are someone that just so cool yes so healing elements has an amazing offer for all of our listeners First time customers can receive a one week of unlimited yoga classes for free and $15 off a massage treatment. Head on over to our show notes and you'll get the promo code. You can either book online or you can call the studio. I cannot wait to go back. Either can I. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Art of Living Well podcast. We're here today to provide you with a little bit of hope and support for all of you out there given the current pandemic of the coronavirus and we realize that this lockdown situation that most of us are all in are really causing people to feel anxious and depressed stressed and fearful of the unknown many people out there are feeling scared and helpless and we want to let you know that you're not alone so we are very fortunate to bring today a dear friend of mine, Kirsten Rui, who is a psychotherapist who works with adults struggling with anxiety and depression, um, families in crisis, and she also works with teens. We're bringing her on to talk about you know, the elephant in the room, talk about mental health, and we're going to dive into anxiety. She's going to share and define really what anxiety is, why it happens, what it feels like. And more importantly, she will talk about um, and share narratives that she is seeing in her current clientele, as well as just throughout the community, including her own family. And whatever you're feeling right now, um, there's someone else out there that feels the same. And Kirsten will share with everyone her, she calls them 101 therapy tools for managing anxiety that Will be very useful now but honestly these will be great tools to have in your toolbox for your entire life so with that let's get started
2: kirsten we are so glad that you're with us today um so thank you for coming on we're doing a bonus episode just given the current coronavirus pandemic and we want to talk about mental health and get your insight as to what you're seeing in your practice and even just in your community with the people around you. I think everyone's feeling a bit anxious, even those that maybe don't run um, run anxious to begin with, but most of us have never been through a you know government-mandated lockdown of any sort in our lifetime, so this is clearly unprecedented time, um, and maybe before we dive in, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about just kind of baseline anxiety and this current situation and what you're seeing in your practice
1: and what it even means to have anxiety or to feel anxiety right
3: well you know um i think we all can on some level understand what it feels like to be nervous or anxious or have fear Mm -hmm. and you're right when you said stuff that you know all of us have different sort of baseline levels of that some people truly run with anxiety kind of on a high inside of them at all times. And other people really don't experience that. They have just a much more calm, general way of conducting their life and just feeling. And a lot of it is just truly the way their system is wired and, um, you know, can also be impacted by life experiences and traumas that they may or may not have endured. And so, you know, what we, we, we have to sort of embrace is that a certain amount of anxiety is, is natural and is protective. Um, and that when, when we feel it, we have to, rather than fear it or want to push it away, take notice of it. Um, I, a lot of the work that I do is around um, helping people identify what and why the anxiety presented itself. So we have to think about people in terms of, this you know the things that are impacting their life the the system that they're in the even just the choices that they've made in the few days leading up to the feeling that they have so we kind of back up you know let's look at the few days leading up to the day you felt really anxious or really sort of um heightened uh, you know sometimes it's the heart racing sometimes it's just a nervous energy sometimes it's a loss of appetite inability to sleep it can present for different people in different ways, or just wanting to kind of shut down. Um, and so by looking at the, that, you know, backing it up and looking, we can often say, wow, you know, I haven't, um, I haven't been eating well, or I haven't been c- taking great take care of myself, or I had an interaction with someone that mm-hmm. didn't feel good. And, you know, so it, 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 we have this sort of like, I, at least I use this little um, acronym that we run through that, you know, looks at these different points that says, like, what are the things that might have, brought this on for you. Um, And so in light of what we're dealing with right now, I I don't know, anyone could not have a certain amount of feeling of fear and anxiety because, you know, it's protective. It's like all of our usual things that help us feel calm and regulated, our routines, our rituals, uh, you know, just connection, um, that's all being disrupted and our system is saying, whoa, this doesn't feel good. I feel fearful. I don't know when the end is in sight. Mm-hmm. So there's just all these pieces that are playing out you know, mm-hmm. to make us feel anxious right now. And, and it's, it's a really natural thing. And we just have to be, I, I think, really kind to ourselves and understanding that this is, this is really hard and it's okay to feel fearful and anxious. And, and that is a really natural response to our current situation.
1: So, so what kind of, um, narratives are you hearing from your clients in your practice or patients that, I don't know if you call them clients or patients, but the people that are, you're seeing in your practice, um, and maybe, you know, some of our listeners can kind of take a little bit of solace knowing that they are having similar feelings. Yeah. Are you seeing any trends right now? Yeah. Well, you know,
3: this has been, I think, one of the most interesting things about um, the work—very unique work that I do—is that um, people's experiences are very real for them. So, uh, if someone comes in and is literally having what I would call just, um, you know, just uh, I, you know, full body, complete panic, shutdown over. You know just going to a social event that night that makes them nervous and overwhelmed and another person could be dealing with huge you know loss and maybe even a diagnosis that is completely overwhelming and to each person their experience is very real to them and their grief is very real and their um you know how dysregulated they are is is very real to them and it's not upon me then to decide if their situation, I try to help maybe offer perspective. But in the end of the day, you know, we, we really each need to kind of meet someone where they are. And in their world, this is a really huge thing. So some of the common themes I'm seeing or hearing, you know, in my office space is, you know, there's so much loss just in the immediate. It's like this shock of you know, I had a couple in that was just going to start trying to have a child and, and there was like already some fertility worries. And now all of that is, is on hold. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's just this immense grief. They both just were very tearful through the whole whole time. And then, you know, another another young woman I talked to is in college and she was on the West Coast. And so they've been hit and are a little ahead of us in that process. And for her, it it's like, you know, I, I was just getting in the stride of my college experience and now I'm being taken, it's being taken from me and it was so sudden and I didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye to people. And and then, you know, for others, it's just wow, I'm trying to figure out how to be with my family in this way that is incredibly <laughs> um just intense and all-consuming. And I'm trying to convey some amount of normalcy when inside I'm also dealing with that this doesn't feel good. And my own, it's, it's, I think that's that balance of, we're all going through this at the same time. And how do I take care of myself, but also, you know, take care of the people around me and and try not to bring them down.
1: And I I think you nailed it right there by saying that, how do we take care of ourselves and take care of our families and the people around us? And that's,
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: we're in this situation now that's so new to everybody. So we're all yes. kind of on this common ground here.
3: Yeah. Well, and I know, you know, that's one of the things I was just talking with a bunch of my fellow like helpers out there, mental health people. And we were all saying, you know, it, it is similar to like the role of being a parent in this in that I as a as a mental health provider, I'm going through this at the exact same time as my clients. So, I am sitting here like, "Oh boy, I totally relate to everything you're saying." You know, I mean, I'm I'm just, you know, go it's not like, you know, when someone typically comes in their situation, I can stay pretty objective. Right now, I'm completely in it with them. And so it's a mm-hmm. really unique experience that we're all facing. Um, and we're kind of trying to, um, you know, build the boat and, and, and row it at the same time. I mean, it's really not, um, something we have a guide in, in how to do this best, but I think one of the things that I'm trying to do not only as a parent, but, but in my professional life is just stay really honest with the people around me about how I feel. I'm just genuinely staying very present to um, and being humble in this process of like, you know, I'm sorry if I'm not doing this in the way that, you know, is, is offering you the best support, but, you know, we're all, we're all muddling along and sharing what is working and, um, you know, and reflecting, you know, saying, I mean, because I think what what I've, I'm doing, particularly with my kids and and clients, is just even saying like, how are you in this very moment? What has worked for you today? What are the things that are weighing heavy on you? And and then just all of us just having this common ground of telling our narrative and feeling less alone in those stories. I think whenever we hear other people's stories, we hear something that resonates for ourselves. And, and just that is so comforting. Yeah.
2: And I think, you know, you started talking about we're all going you're going through this at the same time as your clients and as parents we're going through it at the same time as our kids are and normally when you're a parent you know you've been through school or some of the other typical challenges your kids may face you probably have experienced to some degree and you can help and provide that solace and so getting to like the anxiety piece i think it's important as parents as though we may feel very anxious because we've now got jobs are being impacted lots of people are losing jobs um, and our, you don't want your kids to see that and kind of share that anxiety with them. Right. Mm -hmm. But then as far as like providing solace, we're going through it at the same time. We don't know that everything is an unknown. So when your kids ask questions, you know, it's a lot of being open and honest and saying like, I don't know, but here's how we're going to deal with it or taking one day at a time. Right. And helping them see the silver lining. So what, you know, Maybe some thoughts or advice you have for parents or anyone really um, when you have kids that are starting to feel a little bit anxious or noticing your behaviors, you know, given the situation, because it is such a big unknown at this point, right?
1: Yeah. And and even just to add to that, and like Stephanie mentioned, to answer their questions, like, are we ever going to go back to school? Are we, yeah, is our life gonna be normal again? You know? When can I play with my friends? Yeah. Yeah, Like we don't have answers to these questions ourselves. So so what is the best way to manage that?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I love this question because um, I always say like feelings and emotion and the tone that we bring to the world is incredibly contagious. Um, And I, I do feel like sometimes when I'm, in the presence of a client, I feel very overwhelmed by their story, or even, you know, just this situation that we're all facing right now. It's very overwhelming to me, but I don't feel like it's my job to go to my worst fears in this and 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 pour that out. I really try um, to stay uh, managed internally and and allow it to. To not sort of bring me tow me under because I know that what everyone is ultimately seeking is a sense of of hope and calm and peace and it doesn't mean that we can't express the concerns or tell the truth. It's it's not even about you know sort of having a, this like denial of reality to our children or anyone else. It's it's about sort of recognizing what they can manage. And our kids are looking to us. And if we can convey a certain amount of just like, we're going to get through this. These are all the good things that are going on right now. We're all muddling along one day at a time. And I always say like too, like just focusing with your kids, but also with yourself on a few things that are within your realm of control. Mm -hmm. Because although there's a lot that right now feels out of our control and feels scary, we always have to focus on what do we, what do we have control over? So that's why I always kind of come back to those basic things that, I mean, I think some of the beautiful things that have come out of what we're dealing with right now is so much of what we really need to be content is is readily available and for free. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's humor and creativity and nature and just talking on the phone and again, sharing our stories. And it's the things that We sometimes, you know, we've taken for granted, but now we don't, we really realize, wow, these things are glue right now. And so, you know, I think as parents, um, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't show them our worries. I think that's a really natural and healthy thing to see that we have a range of experiences and know how to convey that. But we also always back it up with, um, here's some of the other ways of looking at this. And here's, here's how we together can can get through it. And, you know, I always too like just I, we're kind of on this sort of day by day over here. That's the mm-hmm. kind of general theme I've been conveying is like, let's just figure out how we want to make today a good day. What does each of us want to sort of bring to this and not trying to go too far ahead? Because um, I know all of our fears and worries are really um, not being in the moment or not being in what we can, what we have control over. And that's actually one of the things, too, about back to the original question you had about anxiety. Really, kind of the definition of anxiety is when we are thinking too far forward or we are ruminating about past. We are not in what we have ultimately control over right now. Um, so, you know, that's one way to really help minimize your fear and anxiety is stay very connected to the moment that we have in front of us
2: yeah you know i'm so glad that you defined anxiety Mm because i think you know and for me i've talked about this before i can definitely run very anxious and it's because i'm thinking too far forward and i'm thinking sometimes that the worst situation is going to happen and the very unusual thing for me during the last 10 10 11 days i've probably been calmer than i've been in years i don't know why But I think it's because, well, I guess I do know why. I think it's because I've been really just living in the day. Mm -hmm. And I have no control over what's going on. And so it's, when am I going to take a walk? And what am I going to make for dinner? And, you know, talking to my kids and what game are we going to play? And really just focused on enjoying everything that this unfortunate situation is bringing to my family. I, I honestly think, I mean, for me, I've been less anxious than I am on a normal day, which is very unusual. But. For
1: me that's the silver lining i don't know (laughs) and it could change tomorrow (laughs) well and i i've also noticed that um i typically don't run anxious like in my day-to-day life and i have definitely been like a little more anxious than usual during this time Mm -hmm. um i think when my son was still at school and everything was unknown you know up in the air we were supposed to maybe travel and that was causing like a lot of anxiety with me and then now that everybody's like home and back in the nest. That's kind of settled down I would say. But um I have noticed that sometimes when I'm talking to girlfriends or other parents that I know, my anxiety, you know, which is pretty low can get ramped up by listening to what they're saying or mm-hmm. they can kind of almost I feel like I'm being wound up by well, what about this and what about that and, and yeah. And so It's like, I still want to connect with these people in my life, in my life, but I also need to understand how to listen to what they're saying without, you know, internalizing it and kind of taking it in on myself, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, Marnie, I love what you're saying because... um
3: it sort of goes to that, you know, our fears and our our worries and all that is contagious. It's sort of like the hoarding thing. We see people grab things. We think we need to grab them. We hear people worrying about some way we can contract this thing. And then we start going, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Now I'm worried about that, you know? So I think a huge piece of what all of us need to do is stay really aware of exactly what you're talking about. If certain amounts of information or contacts are, are, what I call kind of like um, igniting that anxious reaction inside of you, it's really good to give that feedback uh, to people or also create um, kind of parameters for yourself around um, how many times are you gonna allow yourself to to get the news on what's going on? You know, it's like we all have Mm -hmm. to put this in, I think, manageable compartments and, and allow ourselves time to just sort of rest from it our systems can only take so much and we have to be kind to ourselves in that department. But I think too, it's like, I, I think, you know, I did end up having a conversation with a a nice little group last night and it was kind of all about the, you know, the current events and all of that. And, and then I had a previous uh, gathering with people and we didn't talk about it at all. And I felt awesome after it was like one of the most normal things i'd done in a while and Mm -hmm. so i thought to myself you know i might just suggest the next time i have you know little gathering let's just not even talk about it let's just truly share other things right now or allow ourselves like five minutes to just like you know current topic and then and then switch gears because Mm -hmm. it truly is like it's just it, it it's our systems are reacting to too much. It's just too much. And that's, mm-hmm. that is why that response is there. It's a regulator that tells us too much of that, you know. So um, I think it's it's good that you're noticing in that, that in yourself. And for you, Steph, like I do think there's something very freeing too to just not know what's coming. And so you all you can do is plan for today. It's, it, it is just liberating in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's a you know, another topic for another day
2: about, you know, how busy and yeah. scheduled some people are. And this is like a slowing, a forced slowdown. And I think something Kirsten, you yes. were talking and Marnie, you both were talking about when you're the, kind of the energy too, that some people are bringing and the social media and being bombarded with the news, you know, how much is enough and setting parameters, like you said, Kirsten around when you're going to watch the news, you know, don't have it on 24 seven, mm-hmm. if you realize that that's causing anxiety, but social media, I think, is, is very powerful. And it's been great to see people that you can't see that are posting photos and, and things like that. But then that can take you down a downward spiral of negativity. And there's been a lot of judgment we kind of talked about before we started recording. So I'd love your thoughts on that. And how can we navigate through? Um, you know, we're all in this together. We're all equal. The virus can impact every single person, regardless of race, ethnic
3: demographics, all those th- things, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you two can chime in on this is, as easily as I can, too. I mean, there, I think all of us as parents nowadays um, are navigating this social media element for ourselves and our children. Again, it's sort of like building it and, and flying it and growing it all at the same time. We're, we're truly um, figuring this out as we go and i this is the beauty of of what i feel is the essence of my work which is i'm always talking to people about we have to notice in ourselves we have to be in tune with our own system that is our best guide for if we are doing something too much now or if it's affecting us in certain ways so if you are looking at you know posts for an hour and afterwards you just kind of find yourself feeling heavy or low or just kind of cranky or reactive well that's again where we have to look what we did that led up to the current feeling it we're you know we're not in a vacuum we are in we are a result of behaviors that led up to something so um that is the biggest thing that we I, i'm constantly talking to my kids about but also myself i'm like i have i can't I can't preach it and not practice it. I, I have to be also really honest with how is this is this you know energizing me and making me feel more creative and inspired, or did I take it too far and now I just feel like I'm not doing enough and I'm judging myself harshly? Um, and I think our kids, you know, truly are being brought up in this world where it's it's normalized at a whole different level, and we need to be having honest conversations about our own challenges with setting those limits.
1: And also with the news, right? Like yeah. even just how much news are you taking and how much is too much? You wanna stay on top of what's going on. You don't wanna to be totally cut off. Right. But, you know, like for me, I know I've figured out now that if I look at the, the news before I go to sleep, I usually am a really good sleeper. And start I start to like worry about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like digest that news in the morning and then not look at it for the rest of the day. <laughs> Yeah. That's actually a
2: really good suggestion, Marnie, for everyone, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, all
3: we need sleep right before now. Bed. Yes. Yeah. You know. Well, and that was, you know, I, I'm, I should have asked my husband if I can, you know, tell our personal stuff, but I, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> an open book. Oh, he's no not way. listening anyway, right? <laughs> right. He, he's not really a <laughs> podcast guy anyway. Um, he is, he, I was noticing absolutely getting kind of like what I would call obsessed with news. Like it was and 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 truly from the perspective of like and he started this a month ago true just I would call like paralyzing worry about the economy and the impacts on people and just how is this how is this going to play out and how could we possibly you know protect people's livelihoods and and just mm-hmm. true and i it's it's what i really adore about him is that macro level sort of like economic perspective um and and i think that it was starting to just it was like he couldn't rip himself away from it but then what was happening is as we slowly kind of got into more like had to be in our house and you know all of our like outings were getting like limited and limited and limited i thought oh my goodness like i was really seeing how much he was carrying that and he was getting really just short with particularly me, but just all of us, he just seemed grumpier. And I finally said, you know, I get it. Like you are really wanting to know about this. And he felt really responsible to know about it, to convey it to his, his world of his professional world too. Um, But he admitted, you know, yeah, I just, this is not serving me well at a certain point. And I do need to start creating some limits with it. And so I I think, Marnie, it's like, you know, none of us really were prepared for this. It's like it all kind of came and then we were learning all all at once. And so it it just it was like a slippery slope of just like you had to hear the news to know. But I think now we know now we know it's here and now we know what we need to do. And so now we really can kind of um, set different limits on on how much we're letting in, because you know, it's a lot of repeating now. Um, And so (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I don't need to keep hearing the same stuff over and over and over because it is just overload for all of us. Exactly. And,
2: you know, we don't want our kids
3: to be hearing that either. Right, right, right. Well, and I am getting so much relief from all the humor and creativity that I'm (laughs) seeing out there. I just, that is just truly, I I don't know, for me, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, humor as uh, it just offers so much, just, I I don't know, comfort to me. I, there's something about it. It's just kind of my best um, escape. Um, So I've even been like looking up some of my favorite comedians and just watching some of their old monologues and just anything to like just laugh. sort of recognize laughter yeah. again, and and just balance all this seriousness with this other piece of, of uh, who we are as human beings. Absolutely, like you know, and all
2: the all these people doing their broadcast from their home and their tent in the backyard, and you know, you get to see part of their life. I don't. It's, it's been funny. I agree about yeah, the humor about and the creativity. We have more time to be with ourselves and embrace the creativity and embrace some of those passions and things that we don't haven't had time to do. Right, right. The fact that puzzles are a hot commodity right now. Oh my gosh. They're sold out everywhere. I mean, I've had neighbors and people texting. So now we're going to do like a neighborhood puzzle swap because they go to the store and they can't get a puzzle, you know, and then Amazon takes five days to get one and they need one before that. So
1: right i just ordered um after talking to you stephanie yesterday i just ordered three puzzles from puzzlewarehouse.com oh but i think it is in the
2: show notes
1: yeah i think it's going to take about three uh three to five days to get them which is fine i mean this is this is going to go on right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so if we get puzzles in a week we'll have something new to do you can always
2: organize a drawer right right exactly And I've done that, so that's been good. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, Um, Kirsten,
1: another thing you brought up um, in our conversation was about, you know, how different families and different people are kind of reacting to, I don't know if you want to call it the lockdown or the shelter in place, Uh, you know, everybody kind of has their own rules and way to manage that. Um, And you talked a lot about judgment and... How to how do um, not judge another person for the way that they're managing themselves or their family? Can you kind of um, expand on that a little more? Yeah. Well, one of the things I was just
3: starting to notice even in posts or just in talking to people is um, that people are definitely having a reaction to how other people are conducting themselves right now, you know, um, whether it be, you know, how they're letting their kids, you know, use their time or who's going where or all of these things. And, I, you know, I just think it's a it's a slippery slope when we get going on that. And believe me, we all do it. It's just very human. But but if you think about it, it's really all generated out of that space of fear. I mean, whenever I find myself being judgmental of somebody else and their choices, it's because on some level it's threatening me or i feel afraid for sort of my well-being. so even if i notice someone is judging me i i try to sort of access that part of myself that says you know it's it's something is being threatened inside of them. and so i i try to you know see it from both sides but i think that's going to be one of the, the pieces i would just hope all of us can try to do is be really honest with ourselves around if we're noticing that come up in ourselves, like, okay, I'm irritated that they're doing this. And you know, I'm making all these sacrifices, and they're doing, you know, those Mm -hmm. people are out playing, you know, whatever in their yard or whatever. It's, I understand where that's coming from. It's from an authentic space of like, I don't want this to go on forever. And I'm afraid if you make poor choices, and I'm making good choices, my good choices won't matter. So you know, it's from a, 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 you know, I think a sincere space. um, But it's just going to be really ugly if we all get into that place of like judging each other I think we're all you know need to have some trust that um, people are hopefully um, trying to function in their spaces because I think what's hard is if you have like a super extroverted kid too it's a lot harder to keep that one indoors than it is your child that loves like curling up with a book for eight hours a day or Mm -hmm. does crafts or likes to cook I mean I've found managing sort of what my daughters need to do in this has been a piece of cake compared to my active extroverted 12 year old son. And so um, I am working really hard to figure out how I can (laughs) rein him in and whatever. And just really hoping that people are giving me grace that see him biking all over the neighborhood, like a Looney Tune. I mean, I don't know how I can keep him, uh, you know, in this house for, potentially weeks without getting out there and being part of the community. So um, yes, we're washing and exploring all those things, but it's that element of, I think all of us are sort of worried, like we're trying to balance the needs of ourselves and our family, but also, you know, like, oh, how is everyone going to perceive this if I do this? And so anyway, I I would wonder what you guys think about that too, you know, just how do we sort of navigate that, that element, you know, judgment?
1: And I, just going off of what you said about letting your son go outside and whatever, there's also a lot of information out there that's conflicting. You know, this organization is saying seven days and this organization saying 14 days. And, you know, this one's saying, if you have a fever, do this. And so I think that that's just adding an extra layer of confusion and fear because I don't think there's, like definitive answers on what you do in various situations. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think that just adds so much to the judgment and anxiety and stress of what is the right answer, because I don't think there is a right answer right now.
3: No, so, and we all
1: different. have
2: different comfort levels, right, as to how we're keeping our family safe and also protecting the greater good of the community and the world, too. Um,
3: Right. Yeah. So it's like I think we just all have to sort of like check in with ourselves and say is it serving me well to be judging other people's choices? Like we just have to truly kind of look at ourselves and say again, what can I control with myself and my family and sort of balancing out how to keep the harmony in our little pod or in my my community around me and and not getting into that sort of like fear-based kind of anger at others, because it's right. just a kind of, again, it's that just spreading sort of the wrong kind of vibe out there. Um, it's not serving us to wellness for sure.
1: And well, I no, think it's, your... imp- sorry, i was going to say, I think it's important also to take a step back and remember that nobody wants anybody to be sick. Like that's nobody's goal here. So no. everybody is doing the best that they can with what they have. And I think sometimes in this, like, fear-based setting or whatever you want to call it, it's hard to remember that and take a step step back and remind yourself, nobody wants this. Like, there's nobody out there that wants this. Nobody wants this. this.
3: You're (laughs) right. And the other thing, when you were saying that, just sort of like, it was also the biggest thing that I've been thinking about is, what is the number one thing that erodes sort of wellness physically and mentally? Well, it's stress. So. If we are truly like, if, if I am conveying to my son, you know, just like, no, you can't leave this house. And you, you I mean, that is a setup for, for more sort of unhealthiness than anything. So again, I think we have to think about our immune systems as, as something that needs to be not just, you know, disinfected, but also (laughs) they need movement. They need to, we have to balance out that element, just the overall wellness. And so yes, no one wants to spread illness or germs, but we do need to kind of promote sort of a more holistic wellness, you know, approach here. And and I think that's what we all have to balance out.
2: Okay, that was beautiful. And I think uh-huh. that's exactly what Marnie and I have been talking about and what we firmly believe. And that was kind of where I was going to go, actually, just about the role that stress plays on our body, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and getting outside and moving, like, checks two boxes of things that I think are super important, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, probably more than two boxes, actually, actually, yeah. um,
3: right,
1: and if yeah. that's good for your son's mental and physical yeah. well-being to get outside and bike around, he's not hurting any, I mean, in my opinion, I should say, right. he's not hurting anyone, he's not, he's on a bike, you're, like, by yourself, right, like, yeah,
3: well, and I think in our neighborhood, we have a couple of families where the boys will bike together, but they know, like, we're like, you know, you got to keep your space. You're not touching each other. You're right. not getting, you know, so there, but just, I think them seeing each other and sort of knowing, like, we're all in this together, just that is, is incredibly healing for his well being right now um and i keep checking in specifically with him because again he just doesn't have a lot of resources to keep himself occupied (laughs) in terms of like what he's interested in in our home um he has a a few things that that he can do but then i think in general so much of what where he is at in this in his boyhood is kind of like i run with a pack i you know i'm all of this pack mentality and it's Um, as a a mom to someone in that I have to you know kind of balance that out because it's just I can't I I don't know how I would last sue him frankly Um, but we're just doing it under these like really sort of clear parameters and I think the parents that we've chosen to sort of allow them to do that are under the exact same um, where the sort of the spirit of making our best choices and but not letting them you know be in contact but sort of in their own way kind of near each other (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, I think you have to do that. And I think when we start to judge, we don't, we we aren't putting ourselves in that person's shoes necessarily. And we have no idea what's going on in their life.
3: And they're doing the
2: best they can with what they have. And their
3: circumstances and situation is different than yours. Yeah, So. well, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, in my work, I always go away with is when you sit with somebody and you hear what they're going through, you there's no way you can't understand or like them or have compassion or empathy. It's like, you know, it's all these common feelings. that we're just trying to, we're all just sort of trying to do our best, meddling along. And so um, I think that that's the biggest thing is if, if someone's choice is bothering you rather than going on this sort of attack or judgment, maybe just sort of inquire or ask or try to put yourself in their position or learn a little more before you go quickly to, that space of anger and frustration,
1: right? I think that's a fantastic um, bit of advice for people out there right now. Mm-hmm. And Kirsten, you've peppered in
2: a lot throughout this conversation, but you know, as we start to wrap up, are there any practical tips for for anyone, whether it's parents or children or you know, adults in general, um, to just help them manage and reduce their stress and anxiety? If you could leave, you know. Leave them with one or two um, tips that would really help during, especially during this uncertain time, but really any time.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I love that you asked that because as I was meeting with all my clients yesterday, um, it's like kind of comes back to some of the one, what I call the 101 sort of therapy um, tools is, you know, I always sort of ask people in general, like when they come for a first session, it's like they're normally very nervous and really overwhelmed with whatever brought them there in the first place. And I always want to leave with like, what are a few things that are within your control? Like what, what, Mm -hmm. you know, all these circumstances feel really overwhelming right now, but what are a few things in your control? So sort of like tip number one is like staying in the space of, each day we have a lot of things that are within our control and letting those be where you put your energy so you know part of why i'm so happy to be talking to you two today is like i just feel like we always have within our control the way we take care of our physical body um so you know the way we eat the way we move um how we use quiet um you know, supplements that we will take, just all the pieces that take care of our physical body are within our control right now. Um, I think our use of, of alcohol is really important to watch right now. Um, I know it seems like something that, um, or, or whatever substance you might, you know, seek that get, brings you some immediate <laughs> calm. Um, mm-hmm. It's also sometimes the thing that can really exacerbate that anxious and fearful feeling, right in the moment, you might feel an immediate calm or it might soothe something, but that residual inter- in our system, it-, it can really exacerbate sort of that overall generalized anxiety. So um, I would I'm be glad you not bring that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do have some worries about that, just because I know a lot of people are talking about that piece. And believe me, um, you know, I'm an Irish girl, there's no one who loves a a little something more than me. But I I do feel like that's something that we all have to kind of be honest about how, again, that is impacting our overall feeling of wellness. Um, And then just, I think, one of the pieces that, you know, we all learn about somewhere in our, you know, lives is the I statements. Um, so this is another little tip. So sort of that what pieces are in your control and sort of that physical wellness piece is something we always have control over. We don't always have control of our external circumstances or even how others are, are toward us, but we do have control over sort of taking care of our general routine and our physical health and, and looking at those pieces. So looking at your daily routine, looking at your physical health, how can you structure those pieces? We find a lot of calm in our routines and our rituals. So they've all been upset right now, but we can create a new normal. And I think a lot of us are now starting to move into that. It's like that first week was all just, you know, stirred up and crazy and lost and all of that. But now we're kind of, I think, a little more resolved that this is where we're going to be for a while. And mm-hmm. how can we create a new rhythm and and rituals and, and, and routines that, that fit in this system we're in now and then i think the other piece what i was going to start launching into is like just how we are talking to the people that we're interacting with the most um i've had to watch this in myself i'm really working hard to promote this in our family which is just um if you're frustrated by something you're seeing me do or we all of us are doing it's like staying with those i statements because if we go at someone with the you're doing this and it's bothering me. You're, you know, you, 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 you. Everyone's on the defense. We're very reactive with each other. And I think if we can just sort of softly enter into an honest way of communicating by, you know, it's so the I statements, kind of the the essence of it is just, I feel because, and we're just trying to be honest as we go here, because all of us are, I, I mean, just frankly, we're just, not even sure how we're going to feel each day. I I think, like you said, Marnie, you don't normally run anxious, but you're feeling anxious right now. So it's a good time to go to your partner and say, I feel really anxious because this and sort of helping to identify what you need from that person. I noticed when you, you know, put your arm on my, uh, you know, shoulder the other day, I just felt really comforted. I noticed when you helped me with this, it, it just felt calming, you know, so we have to give each other feedback as a way, mm-hmm. you know, to, we have to teach people what we need. And the only way we teach them is if we offer sort of an honest assessment of what we're experiencing.
1: That, that was amazing. Like, I yeah. think what you just said is going to help so many people. <laughs> like But we're all
3: doing it <laughs> yeah
1: right uh um, you know i
2: think that you can have these discussions even with your family and your kids at right. the dinner mm-hmm. table now that you have more time to mm-hmm. sit and have these discussions and teach them these are like good life skills that you just shared so
1: thank you yes of course of course yes thank you guys great talking and- to you today Um, as we, as we wrap up the interview, we always like to ask our guests, you know, what does the art of living well mean to you? And that can be in any way, shape or form.
3: (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, well, we're, I think we're always, um, fine tuning that. Right. Um, and I think that's the the thing for me is just always staying, um, curious and open, um, and humble to, to changing and growing. you know, for me, a lot is like balance, but balance changes over time, and what that looks like. So, you know, I, I I promote so much with people I talk to, but also with myself. I think the biggest growth I've noticed with myself is just trying to notice in myself how I feel and how things impact me, and really ask myself and be curious about what that tells me about my values and and what I need to work on. So you know, it's just, it's, it's keeping that balance of like, I want to work on certain areas, but I also need to take time to not be working too much on some things and, um, Mm -hmm. time for family and connection. Um, so, you know, that, that piece of just being, I think, aware of, of what your system is telling you and, and, and just always staying open to learning and growing is, is a big piece of, I think the art of, of living your best life. That's beautiful. So inspirational.
2: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you, Kirsten.
1: Yes. This has been, yeah, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad that you are able to kind of come on the show last minute like this, because I think that everybody in the world needs to hear what you have to say right Mm now and, um, If we can all just lift each other up and help each other through this um. yeah
3: well i think our mental health is an important piece we're talking a lot about just being clean and being healthy and i think taking care of that is a big part of the puzzle Um, and there's no shame in getting help and getting support we all need that and um you know if if i think right now is a time where i mean all of us as therapists are figuring out ways to reach our clients and reach anyone who needs that support. So I would encourage anyone who's just feeling really overwhelmed or lost to find someone that they can, you know, get, and it can be a a friend too. It is, it's just, the point is, is just, you know, sharing is huge.
1: And how, how can our listeners find you if they want to talk to you more? Well, um, you know, you can search my name, Kirsten Clark Rui, Birch Counseling.
3: Um, but I think too, on psychology today website, a lot of, you know, I, I actually don't have, um, a presence on that just because I was, uh, I I've been carrying a wait list for a while. So I haven't, um, been able to sort of, uh, field the various inquiries, but I think, you know, finding out what your insurance may cover, uh, is a big piece of it. And so on the psychology today website, you can, um, Look at the different bios of various providers and what they what insurance uh, they'll take or what their cash rate is or where they're located so it can help you kind of narrow in on um, Someone but I think sort of referrals from friends if you're comfortable. I get a lot of people asking me for referrals and I'm happy to help with that because I, I think sometimes just having, you know, as soon as if I know someone and I can sort of connect them with someone, I think might be a good fit. So, mm-hmm. you know, asking other therapists or people you know in your community who work in mental health or or health in general that, you know, know people in mental health, that's a great way to get connected with someone. Yeah.
2: Great. Well, well, thank you. And we so will link much. all this up and include the websites and where people can find you in our show notes. So, okay, great. Great.
3: Yeah. Thanks so much. Yes. Thanks,
2: Kirsten. Have a
0: good day. Have a Bye-bye. great day. You Bye-bye. Too. Bye-bye. bye
1: Bye-bye.
2: All
0: right, spring is here and that means it's time to spring clean our health. And Marnie, let's talk a little bit about our upcoming seven day liver detox.
1: So we are running these community liver detoxes every season. We did one in January and it went great. We had a nice big community with us. And Stephanie and I have been doing these detoxes for a while now, um, just trying to kind of remove that toxic load from our liver and we both feel pretty awesome after we do that
0: absolutely and everyone that's done one with us and we've coached numerous people through this everyone feels amazing it doesn't honestly matter how clean you eat you know Marty and i eat pretty well but inevitably there's toxins that get into our body and we end up going through periods where we're drinking more and eating more sugar or processed foods and this is just a great way to cleanse it all out
1: Absolutely. And, and also if you suffer from like digestive issues or low energy, or you have those intense cravings for sugar or salty foods, or even joint like pain and joint pain, um, or brain fog, this detox can really kind of jumpstart you and get you on your way to starting to remove some of those symptoms.
0: Absolutely. and I think that's what people say so often. It's such a great reset. Yes. And
1: a jumpstart onto um, a nice spring path, right? Exactly.
0: And I think with every season, that's always a good time to um, jumpstart your health. So let's talk a little bit about what they're going to get, what this program is going to provide them. I mean, there's going to be accountability and coaching, a private group,
1: Um, You're going to get this awesome recipe book with recipes specific to the detox and daily emails that are really going to help you focus on your mindset and your self-care and...
0: Really um, like learning to tune into your body and understand how your body feels when you eat certain foods and when you remove certain foods. So
1: we're running this workshop, I'm sorry, Detox, April 5th through April 11th. It's a seven-day detox And if you don't want to or can't join the community portion of it, you can do it at any time.
0: And head on over to our website, which is theartoflivingwell.us slash programs for more information.
1: And you can also listen to our episode 16 of the Art of Living Well podcast and hear Dr. Stephen Cabral talk a little bit more about why you, why it's good to detox. Yes. Hope you join us.